0: This is a podcast of the Nuffield Department of Medicine. Today we speak with Dr. Yoel Lubel about the economics of tropical diseases. So hi, Yoel. Hello. What is the link between economics and how we understand and treat diseases?
1: Well, economics and health are interlinked in many ways. One example is the vicious cycle we see between poverty and ill health. That's true both at the patient level or for households but it's also true for countries. You've seen associations between things like malaria transmission mm-hmm. and GDP, slower GDP growth, for instance. So those are some examples. My own research focuses more on economic evaluation of new interventions. Mm-hmm. So if we have things like a new diagnostic test for malaria, I'd be looking at how beneficial it is, what the health gains are, and what the costs are, and try and put those together and say whether or not this is an efficient use of inevitably scarce resources.
0: What has your research found?
1: We have looked a lot at diagnostics for malaria, treatments for malaria. We've identified some of these which are very efficient, very cost effective, and I'd like to think that that was somewhat informative in a lot of the policy making in recent years in terms of moving from treating all fevers as malaria Mm -hmm. to basically requiring that all fevers are tested for malaria before they receive treatment. That's been one potential contribution, I think, to global health.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you changed the way in which we understand diseases such as malaria?
1: Yeah, so the kind of work I do is not normally kind of lab-based looking at things like the parasites, but I think it has been very informative in how we manage malaria so that we are treating fevers as a whole. Mm-hmm. Within those, it's very important to diagnose and treat malaria, which it can be a deadly disease. But we've really highlighted with a lot of the modeling the importance of considering the benefits, the health gains, that could be attained by better management of the what we call the non-malarial febrile illnesses. So we've done quite a lot of work on that. What I've been doing recently is trying to identify potential tests that could be used to try and direct the use of antibiotics within these non-malarial fevers. So we've identified some biomarkers that could be very effective at this, and we're moving towards developing a simple test that could be used by a relatively untrained community health worker to say, does this patient, now that I know that they don't have malaria, do they require an antibiotic or not?
0: What are the most important lines of research which have emerged over the last 5 to 10 years?
1: We've seen, So I think about 10 years ago when I started doing this, there were very advanced methodologies that were being used in high income settings to evaluate new interventions. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the context of malaria and other tropical diseases, it was quite, it was very basic. I mean, I was very lucky I got my PhD just by applying relatively simple methods that were being used routinely to malaria, an area where they had never been applied, or Mm -hmm. almost never. What we have seen over the last decade or so is the field is catching up. So now in our own research unit, for instance, we're focusing on merging transmission dynamic models, Mm -hmm. where we try and do some kind of projection for how diseases are transmitted with economic models, where we can have economic inputs and outputs, again, to estimate what the most cost-effective combinations of interventions are to try and impact on transmission.
0: Mm-hmm. And why is your research important? Why should we fund it?
1: Um, the main reason, I think, uh, the value of doing these economic models is it seems to be the final point before the research goes out to policy making in bringing together evidence from many different fields Epidemiology, data from clinical trials, social sciences, they all come together in the economic models along with costs as well to say, given what we know from all these different areas and given the resource constraints, what would we advise policymakers to actually invest in?
0: How does your research fit within translational medicine within the department?
1: So, the focus of economic evaluation is very much on that hands-on, what is actually going on in the field, in routine care, and how can we improve on that with whatever new interventions are being developed. And it's not only looking at new interventions once they are developed. Economic evaluation can also inform what interventions we should be looking for, even if they don't exist yet. So it's what we call the value of information. We can look at what the uncertainties are, where might we want to invest more in research, in order to both reduce uncertainties or to develop new interventions that could have the greatest impact on public health.
0: That's great, Joel. That was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you.